from the cannons. When the smoke clears, we're still standing. If we stand our ground, you're listening to Everlasting Veterans. When the smoke Welcome, everybody, to Everlasting Veteran. I am your host, Ryan Landry. I am joined today by Jason Steiner, who is an amazing individual. He's here to talk about what he has going on. Jason, welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. So uh, before we kind of get into it, um, kind of give like a little backstory of uh, your journey uh, and where you got to where you're at with your organization. And there was like a name change kind of throughout that as well. Yep. Yep. So uh, I served 96 to 2000 in the Marine Corps. Um, I was stationed out at Camp Pendleton. Once my service was over, I came back to Nebraska. It was, uh, I kind of pushed back from the veteran community. And I, I did a lot of uh, more with the family and business and that kind of stuff. And uh, 2019, I was asked to start the Nebraska Warriors hockey program. And it was a veterans nonprofit made for disabled veterans to use. Uh, adaptive sports for PTSD, anxiety, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was served on the board for that for four years. I'm actually still the presidential advisor. Um, once I got into it, I realized that there was really no time to be a veteran. Like, it was always you're always running a table you're always doing um like events that kind of stuff so we were we were looking for something to to give the veterans a night out just to hang out as veterans and i decided that i was going to set up a axe throwing event and i didn't really think that through very much because axes, veterans, alcohol, probably not a good combination. Um, so I had a neighbor come down and he had a, a band that wanted to come in and play. And so I called the guy, I set it up and it was October 22nd last year. We decided on the name of Betstock. We were kind of playing off the Woodstock vibe. And, uh, I was just going to do, you know, a small group, some fire pits, uh, roast some dogs, that kind of stuff. Nothing crazy. And as it started kind of developing, uh, two days later, he comes down and he goes, hey, I got another band. And I said, okay, well, let's make an event of this then. So I had 45 days from the day of the idea to the day of the event. And I raised $7,800. We've took, we took and put two bands on stage. Um, we had a, a food truck come in. We had a cornhole tournament that we set up with prizes. Um, we had about 60 to 70 different uh, giveaway things that we did in a raffle. Uh, it was 100% free for everybody that came out. And we had about 100 people show. 
so kind of as the, the event started rolling, I was noticing that there was a lot of veteran nonprofits there that I had no idea even existed. And they were in my backyard. And so I took and grabbed the heads of them and I said, you got two minutes, give an elevator speech of who you are, what you do, and, you know, how they can get a hold of you. And so we had these guys and gals jump up and they started giving their speeches and said, you know, this is who we are. And because of that, we actually had guys and gals join some of these different groups, um, which then kind of became more of a networking type event. And uh, that was kind of cool, man. It was, it was, uh, you know, I'm linking up veterans with nonprofits that they didn't know. I was linking up veterans with veterans that they didn't know. Um, So that was kind of, it kind of changed the focus of the event of just, going from just a hangout event to something that could actually help people. Um, so after the event was over, I got a ton of phone calls, emails, texts, saying, hey, you got to do this again next year. So I grabbed a couple of people that had helped me set it up and we formed a board, uh, filed their paperwork in March. And as we were filing our paperwork, we found out that there was something on the East Coast, another organization that was using the name Vetstock, and they were basically doing the same thing we were doing. Um, it was not a free event, but it was still, you know, they were still putting on music and that kind of stuff for veterans. So talking to the lawyer, she was like, you know, instead of dealing with that, it doesn't look like they're up and running right now, but instead of dealing with all of that, she goes, why don't we look at a name change? And one of my board members is like, let's include, you know, first responders, gold star families, you know, doctors, nurses, that kind of stuff into the, into this group and make it hero stop. And I heard the name and instantly I was like, dude, that's perfect. I love it. So we changed the name in April to hero stock. Um, this year we've got four bands coming in so we're growing we're getting bigger um we've started working with a couple of local nonprofits, uh wheels for warriors usa which i'm wearing their shirt today they uh they're giving away a motorcycle this year at the event to a veteran and it comes with a mentorship program uh riding gear gas and insurance for a year um any certificates that I need to ride, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's it's a really cool program. They've given away like 37 bikes so far to veterans throughout the United States. And uh, we paired with Ruck It Up for Warriors. He's going to be doing a ruck march into Hero Stock. We paired up with Irreverent Warriors, Nebraska chapter. They're going to be doing a, a silky hike that day coming into Hero Stock. Um, Bravo Zulu groups parachuting in with a flag for the anthem pending weather. So this thing has just really exploded, grown. Um, we've got like 37 vendors that are coming in that are either veteran nonprofit or veteran for profit. Uh, we're working with some of the nonprofits and stuff right now for vet for uh, fire and, and law enforcement. Um, just to, to get them guys included into it too. So that's kind of a nutshell of what we got going on this year. 
Nice, nice. It, it sounds like a blast, and it sounds like, you know, what you started really, you know, sometimes you start stuff and you don't know, you know, really the traction it's going to get, you know, and sometimes it just, you know, bites and goes, you know, and yeah. it, yeah. Seem, it seems like what you got going on, you know, with Hero Stock now, um, which I, I think I think is a great uh, one. You have a great logo for it too, uh, a great name, and you know, encompassing, you know, uh, the first responders and and stuff like that. You know, I, I think it I think it shows that you know it's blending the community uh, that's already blended, um, but you know, there's a lot of nonprofit or for profits that you know get started. And they kind of they kind of narrow themselves in a niche of people that they help, and it's good and bad. Um, some of the positive, you know, of it is they can really just focus on you know one thing. Um, but the on the other side, you, I know a lot of them, and you know they end up forming another nonprofit so that way they can encompass you know everybody, um, you know, and that's why like with uh, Everlasting Veteran. You know, I was thinking in the name, I mean, you know, you can be a veteran from the military, you can be a veteran from the police force, a veteran from, you know, the fire department. Uh, it's all encompassing. Um, it doesn't matter what branch you served in, what time period you served in. Uh, it's all encompassing, all veterans, all first responders, and, you know, being the vessel uh, for that, for nonprofits and for, uh, for profits, anybody that's looking to even if they don't have one, but come on here to be able to tell their story um, and be able to get that story out there where, all right, maybe, you know, you didn't serve in the same branch, but you went through similar situations or you're going through something similar that somebody else can hear and go, Hey, I'm going through that right now, you know, or I've been through that. Um, And you may, you may get uh, all the information you already knew, but there'll be that one thing that somebody says that can stick with you. And uh, I had that kind of stuck with me too. When I had Sandy wall, he's a, a a Houston SWAT commander, uh, you know, for many years, he came on and he said the same thing. You go to training, you know, you may know it all already, but there may be that one thing that instructor says that you'll be able to put in your toolbox that you didn't even think about. Um, And, you know, I feel like that, you know, you can use that in the same token when it comes to talking and networking with other veterans, other business owners, you know, at the end of the day, there's always a different way to do something. You know, it may not be the best fit, but you can adapt something from what somebody else, you know, tells you um, or what they're doing and adapt it into your business or your organization or how you run things. Um, If you're you're closed-minded and you're like, I got this, nobody's going to be able to tell me, you know, you're an idiot, right? (laughs) You know, it really comes down to to, you're not, you're not looking to actually truly grow as a person, as a business owner. um, If you, if you're not open-minded all the time, because there may be something that somebody says, Hey, you know, this might actually be good. You know, you, what you're doing is amazing, but Hey, try this, add it to it. And it may open up the doors that you didn't, you didn't even think about doing it. And, you know, opening up some new doors, new avenues of approach and really truly have some growth personally and professionally. Uh, sure. if you have a nonprofit, sure. you know, and I talk to a lot of people and the biggest thing people have to realize, and I know you understand this, 
whether it's a nonprofit or for profit, it's a business. It's structured as yep. a business. It's yep. all it is is a different different way to get a source of income to be able stuff costs money. Right. Brad, I'm sick, I'm sick and tired of people thinking that stuff's free. You know, like when it's free, it's because of organizations like yourself or mine, where you know, I'm for profit you know, you're a nonprofit and where we are donating our time and money and energy to make it free for somebody else. So people have to understand that and really, you know, don't take advantage, you know, of the system. It, right. Your time is, right. your time is the most valuable thing. If you can give time to help out, you know, it, it's, it's more appreciated than anybody knows, you know, when you're, you're truly helping out. Right. Right. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned um, like that that piece of you don't shut it down, you you expand on it and, and you grow it. And the second podcast that I did, uh, Contagion Effect out of California, they poised the question of, is this always going to be in Nebraska? And at that time, I was like, 100%. I, I run a business. I've got a family. You know, I can't can't travel, really. Um, so it'd be very tough for me to do that. Um, within about a month, I was on the phone with a gunny from South Haven, Michigan. He runs the primal outfitters and he actually invited me up to do a salmon fishing trip. And while I'm up there, I'm going to scout venues and actually possibly do a pre-hero stock party next year in south haven michigan and the more people that i've talked to they're like I, I talked to another guy out of southern california and he goes have you ever thought about doing a concert series with it and i was like uh no i just i don't have time for it and he started throwing around some numbers and i'm like you know maybe maybe this will turn into more and we end up doing a a true concert series with it to where we travel to the united states always have the main party in nebraska but we end up doing a, a six eight ten stop concert series and i've been talking to a lot of veteran singers and i'm like you know that'd be cool to be able to get four or five veteran singers per night and then have a big headliner to pull in the crowd and then we highlight all these veteran singers or or please fire whatever it is um you know, to give them the exposure to 10, 15, 20,000 people in a shot, you know, instead of doing, you know, bouncing from bar to bar, trying to, trying to make a little bit of money here and there, we can actually push them out to eight or 10 different cities and really give them a lot of exposure. So we're actually in the talks right now with possibly turning it into a concert series um, around 2025. Well, that sounds like a good idea because uh, I already know that um, Dodd Stadium, which is a, a local, it used to be the Yankees <clears throat> farm league team would play there. So it's a, a good amount of scenic, good venue that's uh, right down the road for me. But two doors down from that up in the industrial park is uh, what they call Veterans Rally Point. 
and uh, it's it's a uh, free resource for all veterans. Uh, they have like a gym there, pottery, uh, networking, computers, yoga. The VA has a personnel in there. They have you know many other different resources geared towards just veterans, and they're right they're walking distance from the entrance for the uh, for Dodd Stadium, which is a baseball field, um, and. If you guys decide, and I can make I can make that happen, and have that nice. as as nice. a, as a venue. There's plenty of parking, plenty of seating, um, and I can pull in, um, you know, be on the side of pulling in uh, local uh, veteran vendors, you know, um, nonprofits and for profits, you know, and uh, make make a big big thing of it, you know, and uh, you know, I have I have some of the connections here on this side. If you're looking to make a stop in Connecticut, Southeastern Connecticut. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, we're, we're kind of looking across the United States and, and just seeing kind of where we want to go with it. And I want to be able to take it through the whole United States. And because one thing that we found a lot of is veteran nonprofits, there's some out there that do not want to work with anybody else. Their nonprofit is the do all say all, we don't want any help from anybody. We're not going to help anybody. And I'm looking at it as we're all in the same battle together. And if we can work hand in hand, you know, maybe somebody doesn't like hockey, but guess what? I've got wheels for warriors that does motorcycles. I've got Deuce Outfitters ministry that does hunting and fishing. I've got combat warriors out of Kearney, um, you know, and start being able to refer people to different groups that is really going to be in their wheelhouse instead of, well, I'm going to join the VFW because that's all I have, you know, and be able to help these smaller nonprofits to grow in their personnel to help out. And, you know, that's, that's a huge thing with a nonprofit is getting people to step up and pitch in, um, help run tables, help run events, help set up events, um, help fundraise. You know, that's it's so hard to get people to jump into those roles. And uh, that was the one thing that I really found out when I was working with the Nebraska Warriors was, you know, we had 120, 130 people on our roster. And we get the same six people that would come in and help do everything. But the other 114 would be there for the free practices and the free tournaments. And I was okay with that. Um, you know, because some people don't have the time to dedicate to do stuff like that. But it's it's super important to have that resource of people that will jump in and help out. And uh, I'm 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 super excited with the direction that Hero Stock's headed, um, and the the amount of people that have got behind it, uh, like yourself. You know, I think I've. I think I've done 15, 16 podcasts right now since April. Um, so I've kind of put boots on the ground with the podcast side of it to, to get the information out there. And, um, but it's, it's growing. It's literally growing by the day. Uh, from the very first podcast that I did to today, it's a totally different feel of what we'd started with. So... Yeah, that's good. And, and it's people don't realize the hard work, even though, you know, you think nonprofit like 
there's this misconception of, you know, you form a nonprofit and then everybody just opens their wallets and throws money at you. You know, unfortunately, it's not a strip club. You know, it's it's a nonprofit to help people. So you have to you literally have to create a brand in a mission in which people can get behind. Um, And like I said, I mean, you know, this isn't the, you know, pass the hat. People have to, you know, kind of get behind, you know, your, your dream, your vision, your, your name and your mission of, you know, okay, I, I see it. I see the, I see the vision. I see the mission. I see it helping, you know, that's something that I can get behind, you know, 20 bucks, hundred bucks, whatever the case may be, you know, um, you know, and and every single little bit helps, you know, you know, if you, if you just look at, you know, I was doing a bunch of analytics. Um, I never really been that kind of nerdy type of person, but I kind of now am, um, diving into the analytics of, uh, of Facebook and how many people are on Facebook just in the U S you know, and if you can capture the 290 million people on Facebook just in the United States, which I still haven't figured out how to um, be able to capture all of them because they have some weird algorithm that keeps you in this, you know, smaller downsized network. Right. Um, right. You know, they're just on Facebook alone. Um, and then you got listening platforms and YouTube and, you know, unfortunately, this day and age, people will look at a video and I see it, you know, they'll look at it for seven to 10 seconds and then move on to something else, you know, because they're looking for that quick, you know, engagement and then they move on, you know, they want to see something that either, you know, makes them laugh real quick, you know, like on TikTok. Um, and I never used TikTok until I started this podcast. Um, you know, I, I had that free account. I did the same thing. You know, you scroll through the photos or the videos. I mean, just to find some funny ones, you scroll past the informational ones because, you know, a lot of people, that's what they use it for. Just those funny, you know, short clips type of thing. And I found that, um, it's weird. Some of the stuff that I put up where I don't think is going to, you know, be popular is more popular than like the really well edited video that I put up there. And I get more people viewing it. You know, I had, um, a couple mashup just photos and puts, you know, made it look like the, uh, the photo was kind of dancing type of thing with some uh, music behind it. And it got like 2,200 views in like a week, you know? And then I, and then I put up this like really badass edited, you know, video and it got like 500, you right. know? So I'm right. like, I'm like, how, how does, you know, how is this, you know, get out to people more? So I'm trying to figure that out. Um, because with, with everlasting veteran, which it started off as, as a podcast, a vessel, the big vision, you know, was obviously bringing in, you know, veterans all around the country, you know, and, you know, we served with a lot of Canadians and Australians, you know, in Afghanistan. So, you know, I have, I have those connections, you know, and being, uh, a police officer myself in in the first responder world, um, you know, I kind of thought to myself, all right, this is the vessel. All right. Now, how am I going to stream money in as a for-profit to be able to make charitable contributions to nonprofits that I know personally, uh, I've vetted that are actually helping veterans and their mission I can get behind. So then there's a clothing line coming out, you know, 
And so it, it turned into this full-blown company. Um, and I had that vision from the beginning, you know, but it's, you know, it's only been three and a half months, you know, and uh, it, it's from, the, I birthed, you know, everlasting veteran, you know, and right. it just right. it became, it became so well received. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for it. And, you know, it's humbling uh, to be able to connect like people like yourself and other people that we've never, we've never connected face to face. Um, right. you know, right. and it, it shows that what I'm doing is, is working and what you're doing is working and other, other people in which we've connected with what we're doing, the mission, it is working. Now we need to kick it into overdrive. You know, we've got the, we've got the connections, we got the resources, we have the people, um, and with technology to the way it is now, you know, now it's just time to nose to the ground, uh, buckle up and uh, make it bigger and better uh, than just, like you said, the VFW, the Legion. I'm a member of the Legion locally. You know, uh, it's a great, you know, hang around, you know, spot once in a while. Uh, sure. They do some sure. great events, you know, here and there, um, you know, but now I think the torch is starting to be passed. Uh, to the new era of veterans um, where, the, you know, our our grandfathers and, you know, our dads and stuff, you know, got the VFWs and the legions to where they are because that was kind of really the only thing that was going on. Um, right. There was some right. stuff, but the new era of veterans and first responders, I think now we have to take the responsibility and take the reins in a sense uh, and bring it to the next level. Uh, and it's, it's our time to be able to do that and honor them, you know, for what they've created, the network they created, you know, from sure. my grandfather's sure. World War II, Vietnam and Korean era. So, um, you know, honor that, that era of veterans um, and start uh, making those connections and building the network um, bigger and better uh, than yesterday. 100%, 100%. And that's, you know, I've had a lot of people say that the grassroots nonprofits are going to be, you know, they it's the dual sale. The, the thing is, is even the big ones, the tunnels for towers, they do amazing things. Um, you know, you've got, you've got the huge national groups. They, they do great things. Um, I think your small grassroots nonprofits are going to help more on an individual level than they will on that huge scale. Uh, you know, and, and that number 22 that keeps getting thrown around that we, we all know that's bogus. Um, you know, I think you're, you're probably 20 to 30 low you know, on that 22 a number. And I, I, that's, that's what these veteran nonprofits are trying to do is to, to grab that one, you know, and if everybody can grab one, we're going to lower that number. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of what hero stock is for to give you that night to network, to find a nonprofit, to find another veteran, to find another person. It doesn't even have to be a veteran. Um, that you can talk to, that you can hang with, that, you know, next thing you know, your buddies and you're going to concerts or you're going to the bar, or, you know, and that's, that's really what we're trying to push with, with hero stock is to create that family event, um, to give you that camaraderie that you had in the military or police or fire or, you know, because there, there's a lot of brotherhood that goes into that too. When you, 
served 20, 25 years as a police officer or, or a firefighter. Uh, you know, and that's kind of why we wanted to include the those type of people is grab the corrections, the, the law enforcement, the fire, uh, you know, because veterans, you know, you, I was lucky I didn't have to go to war. Um, but the ones that did, you know, you see your thing, you do your thing. Um, a lot of times it's four or five, six deployments, you know, some less, some more. You get out and, and you don't, you live the nightmares every night, but you don't live it every day. Um, police, fire, corrections, a lot of those guys, they deal with those situations day in and day out for 20, 25, 30 years, whatever they serve, you know, and, and they deal with those demons every single day. So that was part of the reason, the thought process, I guess, why we wanted to include them because they are our nation's heroes. You know, it may not be on a foreign soil, but, but they're dealing with it here on our home soil day in and day out. You know, then obviously Gold Star families, they, they gave a family member. You know, so they gave kind of the ultimate sacrifice to the country and keeping us free and being able to do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very important that people understand that, you know, with when it comes to like police, uh, the policing world uh, tactics, all that kind of stuff, it, it's a trickle down effect. So you have, you know, the military DOD. You know, a lot of the cutting edge stuff, you know, it's a trickle down effect as far as tactics and um, recognizing, you know, PTSD and getting the stigma off of it and all that kind of stuff. And being in the police world for the last decade, I've seen that, you know, more so of the, you know, they're behind the times as far as, you know, the, obviously the military, you know, is behind the times a little bit, you know, they're playing catch up because, um, you know, they don't really understand the, the side effects, you know, coming out of uh, especially a, a long war in Afghanistan and Iraq like it was, you know, and the amount of um, veterans having PTSD. You're not going to know that until later on. So once once that happens, you know, things start falling into place uh, on the military side and, you know, they, you have that trickle-down effect, you know, when it, then it goes into policing and officer uh, health and welfare, um, you know, is kind of behind the curve uh, when it comes to that. Because unless it starts getting pushed down from the federal government, which are like, hey, this is what's working with, you know, our troops and Marines and everybody coming back from these deployments, you know, this might be something that, you know, you start adapting into, you know, please fire EMS. Um, that that world as well, because, Hey, listen, you know, you can have PTSD, anxiety and everything else and not, not even really understand it until like somebody actually tells you, Hey, you know, um, I, you know, you, you talk very fast, you talk, you know, in a very pressured way. Um, you know, and that was something that was told to me, um, you know, they, you know, the, uh, you know, go for a comp and pen and they're like, have you been diagnosed with anxiety? I said, no, are you anxious a lot? I don't know. I guess so. You know, like, you know, I've kind of just adapted it into that's who I am. Um, but not really understanding that that's what's actually going on, you know, uh, having, having that knowledge to 
be more self-aware of it uh, allowed me to better myself, you know, and I think that people need to understand that is if something's different, it doesn't mean that it's, it's bad. It's just, we need to figure out why the why of it um, and be able to be more self-aware of it, to be able to understand ourselves a little bit more and have that self-awareness. Because if you don't, then, you know, you're kind of leading yourself blind through life um, a little bit. Um, And you're going to get those, you know, you're going to get those reactions from people of like, Hey, this isn't normally you. Uh, And if they do tell you that you got to kind of listen. You know, you got to, you know, and for years, um, because I got out of active duty, uh, still, still did the guard thing, um, you know, from 2012 to 2017. But when I got out of active duty in 2012, you know, I was overseas the entire time, either Germany or the deployment to Afghanistan, you know, so that, that four years, four and a half years, um, I was not stateside the whole entire time. So when I got back and then, you know, I planted, planted my feet on U.S. soil permanently uh, again, it was kind of a culture shock because I got used to like living in Germany. I got used to being around the people I was and you're, you're kind of disconnected from the everyday life back in the States. And so there there was kind of that uh, culture shock for me in a sense of this isn't what I'm used to. And trying to readapt yourself, you know, into the ways of how it was or is, you know, while you're gone and things change, you know, while you're serving. And that that was the big the big thing for uh, season one is transition and getting different people from many different walks of life and different uh, MOSs and, and what they're doing now being out. So people can understand that, you know, you may not have somebody that, you know, served, you know, uh, a full 20 years. You may have somebody that served, you know, seven years, but six of those seven years they spent in the sandbox. You know, Uh, you may have somebody that served eight years and they had one deployment, you know, or you may have somebody that, you know, they served their time and they had no deployments, you know, and, you know, they're mainly rooted in garrison life. regardless the the values and the way of life in the military isn't any different uh from that structure um and everybody goes through you know some type of basic training i'm not going to get into any arguments uh with anybody about it but i know of branches where the basic training is not as as difficult as some other ones i'm not mentioning any names but (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, man, but Hey, <laughs> you know, it, it's true. It's true. Different because you got to look at it as different branches are operating at a different level. Um, you know, in their own way, you know, right. it's not saying right. that any one branch is better than the other. They all have their, their mission readiness, uh, and jobs to do. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, air force, um, you know, many, many, many people that deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq, thank God, when they hear that, uh, that chopper coming over or that fixed wing coming to freaking save their ass. So, 
Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, I said, when you needed them, they were there. And, you know, and the, the smoking and joking afterwards, we'll have at it. But other than that, everybody had a job to do, um, right. you know, right. and whether, you know, it was a little bit, a little bit uh, slightly easier, you know, in the beginning, everybody had their job to do and everybody sure. worked cohesively sure. as one unit with many different branches, many different countries. And I think that's the point of Hero Stock in Everlasting Veteran and us coming together, working together now outside of the military uh, is the point that if we could do it on deployments coming from many different walks of life, many different uh, MOSs and branches of service, we need to do the same thing now that we're out. And Uh, nothing changed. You know, that's the only that's the only set uh, set standard and status quo that I'll go off of because that lays our foundation uh, for now being veterans um, and growing. Uh, we've laid that foundation. Now you're out. Uh, we work together before. It doesn't say that we can't work together now. Yep. Alan, I've got. Uh, let's see here. Three Navy and one Army on my board. You know, I'm a Marine, so that it's I'm I'm diverse just on my board. Um, we would like to add either police or fire to it at some point in time. You know, as we grow. Um, but the one thing that's crazy to me that I've really found out, like as we've been building this, and I've been reaching out to nonprofits and stuff, there is really not much out there for police, fire. Um, corrections, you know, any of those guys as far as nonprofits like what veterans are not. And it's part of what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of crossover because there is a lot of crossover between veterans and those walks of life too, you know. Um, a lot of guys get out and go fire, police, correction, whatever. Um, but for those that didn't serve in the military and they serve on the police force or fire department, there's not a lot out there for nonprofits, at least where I'm at. Um, you know, you have you have the big national stuff, but they kind of feel like their family, their union is who they're supposed to go to. You know, when when stuff starts getting a little bit dark for them, and so that's one thing that I've started seeing, at least in Nebraska, is we're we're getting a lot of crossover where. They're like, hey, you didn't serve in the military and you want to go on a ruck march? Come on, let's go. And, you know, you want to join the, the Silky Hike? Let's go, jump in. It doesn't matter that you didn't serve because you've served on a different level at home than what we served in it. You know, so they, they've, there's a lot of nonprofits here locally that's opened up to the, the first responders and the Gold Star families and that kind of stuff. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I can, I can, I can relate to that and agree with that too. You know, you do have, you know, like irreverent warriors. Uh, Silky hike is is at a national level now. It's got some good traction, and I've talked to many people of uh, across the country. Um, people have mixed opinions about it. Um, you know, I'm all for everybody finds their outlet in a different way. You know, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. You know, the following that they have and and the amount of veterans they get out for each event, you know, in every single state. I mean, you have people 
going to different states and actually putting, um, you know, banners uh, on, you know, they have their main American flag and then they have their banners, you know, and it's a, it's a great thing. I mean, what's your thoughts of uh, thoughts of, of Reverend Warriors? Um, honestly, for me, it's, it doesn't fit my mindset. Um, I like what they do. I think there's good things that can come from it. Um, my problem is, is a lot of, and I haven't been around them much, but a lot of what I've seen is, is alcohol is used very heavily. Um, to me, that's, it, it's a mask. You're, you're covering up trauma, you're covering up uh, PTSD, anxiety, that kind of stuff with the alcohol. Um, and, and it happens in every veteran group that I've been involved with. They, alcohol is always a big deal. You know, it's, it's a big part of what they do. Um, and unfortunately, I think it's, it's not a great thing. Um, I think their mission's good. And what they're trying to accomplish, I think, you know, leadership at like a state level needs to make that decision to like for themselves you know their leadership shouldn't be the ones that are doing cake stands and passing around shots and that kind of stuff you set the example of you know we're here to do a hike in camaraderie remembrance of guys and gals that we've lost um, that kind of stuff and it doesn't have to involve alcohol you know, and I know our event's going to have alcohol. We paired with with uh, Soldier Valley Spirits. They're a veteran-owned company out of Omaha. They're bringing in their big trailer and semi, and they're serving their their alcoholic spirits. Um, you'll probably see me with a beer in my hand, but I'm not going to get trashed. I may have one. You know, um, I just I I see alcohol as a really bad thing. Um, I think it's one of those substances that is abused through military world. Um, police fire, same deal. You know, you, you use it to cover up what you had to deal with. So. Yeah. And I mean, if people look at it too, I mean, look at around your military bases across the country, you know, what do you, what do you have stacked right, right outside post? Okay. Yeah, you have your bars, your liquor stores, your strip clubs, like every single, it's like, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like an empire. Like they, they know, okay, we need three things. All right. The Joe's coming back from deployment. They haven't seen women. We need a strip club. All right. They, they want to get trashed. We need a bar liquor stores. And you're going to have, I mean, we have the submarine capital of the world here, uh, down in Groton, Connecticut, the Navy base, um, directly outside the main gate is liquor store number one right yep. so they could literally yep. walk out the main gate you know i mean obviously they can get it on post too but you know and then you know maybe maybe a quarter mile down the road from that there's another liquor store a strip club and another liquor store yep. you know so yep. it, their positioning i mean obviously they have a business to run but i think if you know it's not a matter of it being there it's a matter of uh the the mission, you know, pushing a different mission forward, changing a mindset of, right. hey, right. you know, I'm going through some shit, all right? Maybe tonight, 
because I'm going through it, I don't drink, right? Yep. And yep. and have that mental uh, mindset of, all right, I'm going to use uh, alcohol, consume alcohol only when I'm in a positive mood and not a lot of it. And I'm going to do it socially with other people, like-minded people that if I get into a bad way, um, you know, some, cause you never know if you're going to have a trigger or something, you know, alcohol brings out the worst in us sometimes. Yep. Um, and yep. you know, it's that truth serum, right? So, uh, I talk to a lot of people and it, it affects me too. I'm not exempt from it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I think if, I think if you go and, you know, you get off of work or you get done and you get out of the military and your first thought is I need to go get a bottle of Jack Daniels, right? That was our go-to when we got done with our deployment, right? We get done with formation, you know, and a lot of times the first Sergeant, you know, we just got back from deployment and he goes zonk, and you better be running to your barracks or your car and get out of there. Otherwise, you're going to be put to work. Right. right. And the right. first thing you do is you go to the PX and you grab your the biggest handle of Jack Daniels possible. <laughs> and you link up at somebody's house and you start drinking at 10 a.m. And it yep. doesn't end until yep. 4 a.m. Right. And then the following day, you know, you are a wreck. Right. Yep. And. Yep you cannot function at all. Um, and then you rinse and repeat, you know, and especially the younger military members, you know, now that, now that we're older and we look back on it and like, damn, that was stupid. (laughs) And you get into those, you get into those drunk. I mean, granted, like it helps a little bit, but it's more of the camaraderie, like everybody's doing the same thing. So it's the camaraderie right. of, right. we just got back from deployment. Um, you know, you remember, you know, you got guys that, you know, had multiple deployments before that deployment, you know, so, you know, then they may have a few too many and, you know, they start remembering the buddies they lost from a previous deployment and you go down this rabbit hole, um, you know, of emotions and, it's good and bad. Um, the good side is the, they have their brothers and sisters to their left and their right. They're not going through it alone. The bad side to it is the cognitive, uh, recognition of it and your mind's not able to properly process it, uh, and actually heal why you are consuming alcohol. And that was, that's one thing that, you know, I've been, I've been diving into as far as the PTSD and the use of alcohol, um, is, your cognitive uh, abilities, obviously, uh, your thought process, anything, when you're ever on a substance, um, it's going to change your mindset. Right. It's going right. to heighten things. And I think it's very important that sustaining people have to understand that picking up that alcohol, even if, it, even if it's just two drinks, um, your, your mind is going to maybe not heal properly. Um, why you're consuming alcohol so that that memory or or that mindset of that moment will start to effectively change over time it may get worse uh and it's going to be harder to be able to heal from uh you know i i call it a mental injury uh and that's essentially essentially what it is is it's a mental injury in which you know you are the one that needs to figure out okay am 
I'm going to sit here and allow this to affect my life and consume alcohol and make it worse. Um, because it will make it worse. It doesn't matter how mentally strong you are. You consume alcohol and you're in a bad spot, right? Where you're thinking about, you know, maybe a veteran that committed suicide you're friends with. And I, I, I know, I know personally, um, veterans that have committed suicide or overdosed, um, on narcotics, uh, because they just couldn't, um, they couldn't figure out, all right, I need to not touch this. Um, they had the, they had the support. Um, if, you know, if they reached out the issue, I think we're running into, um, is putting it out there better so that people can understand that when you do pick up, you know, an illicit substance, which, you know, I, I'm not, I, I've never had any, I uh, don't plan on it, um, so I can't speak and say I, I'm in your shoes. I have empathy for it, um, right. and I'm right. here in support. You know when you know you need somebody, uh, but on the, the use of alcohol side, I can understand because you know I, I've I've drunk my drunk, <laughs> I've drunk <laughs> myself uh, into a stupor yeah. directly yeah. after deployment. Um, and by the way, this is a Red Bull. Like I'm not, <laughs> I don't so. <laughs> I drink monsters. I, I drink monsters. Yeah, I, I've said to people before, um, you know, I can I can have empathy, but I don't I don't truly understand. Um, but it is in a similar sense, you know, with alcohol. You know, you do have some people that have to stop drinking. Um, you have to recognize that, and if you're in that position, nobody's going to fault you for it. Don't think that you know. I think it really comes down to judgment people are afraid of judgment of right. living a, a sober life um because that's what you need to do and people feel that well people are going to judge me and that's not the case right i've heard from i had a i had a guy on here uh, a couple days ago and his story is so inspiring and uh, you know it's one of those things where everybody can do it all right. Correct. And it's not Correct. it's not just the support network that you have. It's the the mental mindset individually. Right. And I talked yep. about it yep. in the beginning of season one of using control alt delete in your life. It's something I picked up. I didn't make it up. You know, I've adapted it into, into my life. Right. You have to control yourself. Right. You have to alter your mindset and you have to delete the negativity. And this is something that you it, you can do on a daily basis. You know, it, we have many variables in our life that if it's negative and it's causing, you know, negative anguish on us, our family or anything else, you know, it's something that we have to change our mindset, control ourselves, and delete it out of our life. Because if you want to continue to move in a true positive fashion, uh, it's very important that you continue that and having negative aspects or negative influences, whether it's a person or, you know, alcohol or whatever, right. um, negative right. stuff within your life, um, you have to delete it in order to truly move forward and grow. And, yep. you know, I started yep. season one with that and, you know, season two is more of a, um, you know, keep showing up is what it's dubbed, um, you know, and, and perseverance and pushing through and growing and I think everybody needs to understand that not not everybody can do it by themselves. 
Um, However, uh, nobody can do it for you. You have to want to do it. Uh, and that's the clear message that I try to try to say. No, nobody's going to build the business for you. Nobody's going to build your life for you. People are there to support right. and help you right. through whatever is going on. However, you're going to have to put in the work yourself, whether it's you know self uh, self growth or uh, you know personal and professional growth, you know, with your business, you know, entrepreneurship sure. and sure. stuff like that. So. Yep. Well, Jason, yep. it has been a pleasure. Um, I definitely, uh, I definitely think we should do a few more uh, episodes. Just continue it, keep it going. For sure, um, man. Now that For sure, uh, man. now that we've been able to link up, lay this one down, people know that Hero Stock is out there, um, and I love the name, dude. The logo is freaking <laughs> awesome too. Um, the logo, you know, actually reminds me of um, uh, the Husqvarna. Yep. The husk of yep. Yeah, it reminds me of, it reminds me of that. Um it's pretty cool. Well, and I got lucky. I, I got to work with a um media marketing company. They were a very small donor last year and, and he came in and he goes, Man, I want to be a bigger donor. And they've done our logo, they've done Facebook posts for us, they've done images for us, our flyer, like all kinds of stuff, uh unanimous out of Lincoln. They're amazing to work with. So I got lucky with that because that is not my logo. My logo was literally my face with a, a set of aviators. And it said vet stock on the lenses. <laughs> you know, you can always do a t-shirt with that, you know. Right. Yeah, right. Just a sil- silhouette type of thing. Where can uh, where can people go to be able to uh, check out other than Facebook? Um, do you have any other things people can go check out events coming up or just look into being able to assist and be supportive of Hero Stock? Yeah, if you go to uh, www.herostock.org, um, it kind of tells you about who we are, what we're doing. Uh, it does have a donate button if you feel like being generous and kicking a couple bucks down. Um, Hero Stock on Facebook. Hero Stock 2023 is the event page for this year. Um, Hero Stock underscore is our Instagram. I haven't done a lot with Instagram. I'm more of a Facebook person. Um, TikTok is Hero Stock underscore. Same deal. I'm not a huge TikTok person. Um, but that will be coming. I think we're going to start pushing stuff on Instagram and TikTok too. So. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. And guys, this is uh, Jason with Hero Stock. He's doing some amazing things around the country um, and pushing his message and mission out with uh, Hero Stock. Go check them out, www.herostock.org. And don't forget to go and check out Sky Hunter Outfitters and Rockin' Frenchies, the two main sponsors for Everlasting Veteran. Jason, I appreciate you coming on, brother, and we'll definitely have another conversation soon. Outstanding, Ryan. I really appreciate your time and having me on. All right. This is Ryan Landry with Everlasting Veteran and Jason from Euro Stock. When the smoke clears, we're still standing. You stand our ground. You're listening to Everlasting Veteran. When the smoke clears,